Welcome to the morning after show. It's 11 a.m. on the dot, which means we're not late to our own show, which is really a testament to me. There's a lot of traffic in my house going from upstairs to downstairs, and I maneuvered it well today. That's Ryan Hensley. I'm Grant Cohn. Good to see you. The Niners won a game. Was it a big game? Sure. Every football game is a big game. They won last night. We're here to talk about it today. And we're not going to be negative, but we're not going to be totally positive. So we want to start with the positive to get like as like a palate cleanser so you guys can you know, appreciate, well, you so you're ready, but first we got to talk, take this very generous comment question from Corey Soto, got the win, but after 10 weeks, I can't reasonably believe this is a contender or frankly, even a very good team, they will get rocked by the next quality opponent as they did by the Chiefs, the only good team they've played, I can see what I, why they would say that, but I also feel like the Niners are the kind of team that could rise to the occasion and play well against good teams, I mean, that's what they did last year, they really did play with the sense of urgency and a standard of excellence down the stretch last year because they had to. They, they had a ton of must-win games. This year, I feel like they might be able to skate into the playoffs and uh, maybe they think they can turn it on. I feel like they haven't turned it on yet, and, they, and they're telling us they can do it. They can flip a switch. All right, well, the, when the Warriors say they can do that, I believe them because that's a championship team. The Niners, what switch? What are you talking about? Yeah. I tried to start my show off positive this morning, too, and then a comment came in similar. The fans don't want to let us be positive. We're trying, guys. We're going to go positive right now. Stock up, D'Amico Ryans. Mm -hmm. I was very critical of him after the Chiefs game. He's young. He's inexperienced. He didn't coach well that game. At the same time, it's the freaking Chiefs. He had a banged-up defense. The Chiefs are great. Despite that game, which is on his record for this season, they still have the number one defense in the league, giving up the fewest yards in the league and the fifth-fewest points. That is a real testament to, testament to D'Amico. And since he got schooled, to put it nicely, uh, by uh, Andy Reid, he has given up zero points in back-to-back second halves, which shows that he is making the adjustments that he didn't make against Kansas City. Uh, very impressive. If he keeps this up, he's going to be a head coach probably next year. I don't know if you heard what Talanoa Hafunga said about him after the game, but glowing praise that he's yeah. poised no matter what the game situation is, which seems like he's saying a lot of coaches aren't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, well, I caught what Ward said too about the half halftime adjustment. He basically said he called one defense for for the whole second half and just let them play. I mean, I think that's key. A lot of times, coaches overthink things. When yeah. you have the better players, you just need to let them play man versus man. Like, let's man up and, and let your players win the game for you. Kyle, can you, can you can you take a hint, Kyle? Do you really need to have Debo Samuel running like three laps in the backfield just to get him open? I mean. I, it seems like okay, anyway we're talking about D'Amico and we're being positive. <laughs> yeah, D'Amico. I mean, uh, one of the great signs of a, a a good coach is halftime adjustments. You know, over the last two weeks, he's been perfect. Uh, you know, he, he he has a game plan going into it. He sees how it works. He goes into the halftime. He makes his adjustments, and he's shown that he is doing the right things there. And the 49ers defense is going to be better than most teams that they go against. So I think he needs to kind of. Maybe if, he, if there's anything D'Amico might want to do is kind of go into all games the same way he went into the second half of the last game, which is just let his players play. Like, let them match up. They're going to be the better team a majority of the time when they're facing opponents. When we watch him and, and judge him as a defensive coordinator, we're basically judging his play calls. Oh, that was a good blitz in that situation. Or that was a good coverage in that situation. Or he did a good job taking away that player. Or he didn't. Those kind of things. And I think... he. On those terms, he's really has a very good resume. I mean, he's the number one defense in the league. But then when you ask players about what makes, why do you like playing for D'Amico? 
with Salah, they often talked about he's really smart. It was a lot of things with Salah, and Salah is a very good head coach. With D'Amico, they always talk about his temperament, yeah, his leadership, his leadership. It seems like this is a guy played in the league. People, players know, respect, connects easily with them. Has a very uh, positive, uplifting mood. I don't know what you would say, but it seems like this is another guy who's probably going to end up being a really good head coach from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with him being a player. I think I think players that uh, coaches that have been players in the past, they know what it's like, right? And he never really gets too high or too low. They say uh, Talanoa said he comes into the locker room at halftime, whether they're up or they're down, same big smile on his face and just talks football. Here's what we're going to do in the second half. Um, he's now, never really worried about what the team's doing. He's never too high on what the team's doing. Uh, he's just very methodical. He's a good leader uh, also, right? His leadership uh, is key, you know, and not to stray off off subject too, ma- too much. And I know people were down on the whole Jeff Saturday thing. I was just going to bring that up. Right. And, 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 you know, like, and I understand from the black coaches perspective, I get that they do sure. black coaches. And so I hear that argument, but that aside, as far as Jeff Saturday, I told, I, I told everyone he's going to be able to go into that rock room and immediately uh, have respect because they know he's been there. He's done that. Um, and he knows where the players are coming from and he can relate to them. And I think that's one of the great things about uh, D'Amico. I almost feel like Jeff Saturday, if he has success, could open the door for guys like D'Amico, former players yeah. in their 30s. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you know, D'Amico also has proven himself as a position coach and a coordinator. He's worked his way up. But to be a successful head coach, as we've seen from a lot of guys who are delegators, if you can lead, if you have natural leadership qualities and the players trust you and you have good coordinators and assistants and you have talented players you're going to be a successful coach yeah straight up and it seems like D'Amico is a natural leader the players trust him uh he's authentic because he played in the league and they seem to like him and and he has the resume of being a a successful position coach and coordinator seems like a slam dunk right here now of course the question with defensive coach that you hire always is who's your Offensive coordinator, who's your quarterback coach? And I'm, I, I, we'll see what his answer is. Salah had an answer. Yeah, and you know what's interesting, too, to think about is D'Amico doesn't – where is his coaching tree going to come from? He's Is he going to steal right. more owners, coaches? That's a big deal. Coaching position? Yeah. So, That's a big deal. Yeah, Kyle may find himself having to find a bunch of coaches again this coming season if D'Amico leaves. Yeah, one of the things that McDaniel was able to do is poach a bunch of Niners assistant coaches because I think one thing that's underrated, you could say this guy might be a really good head coach, but who's his staff? Mm-hmm. And I, one of the things that made Harbaugh successful was his staff was like an all-star staff. Everyone had 15 years of experience and was at the top of their game, and they were like costing the Yorks a million dollars a year. And I don't think they liked spending a million dollars a year on the offensive line coach and the defensive yeah. line coach and the linebacker coach. But that's how Harbaugh rolled. He had those connections from – being in the league forever and yeah. having a brother who was in the league, all this stuff. So D'Amico, that's the next thing is sort of building up your network. And I know that Robert Sala was, is, is a very good networker. I, I don't know D'Amico at all, at all. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think he'll, you know, he'll be fine because of, again, the same reason why the players love him. I think other coaches mm-hmm. will respect him the same way. And then there's the other, there, there's the other side. That, and here's the thing. You would, hold, real quick. You would think he does have a network that he played in the league with a bunch of yeah. different coaches. And he probably has a network that I don't know about. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be fine with that. Yeah, uh, what I was saying is there's the other there's the other side, and here's where Kyle kind of struggles, right? 
you have D'Amico, who is um, a former player, and he gains respect, and he's a good leader because of that, mm. just kind of the, his demeanor. And then you guys got you got people like Mike McDaniel, who's never played the game. He's a, he's mm. a nerd, right? Uh, I think he actually played at Yale, but he didn't play in the NFL. Yeah. Okay, so like, he, yeah. he's never like he doesn't have that instant uh, no. respect that he's gonna like a guy like D'Amico or Jeff Saturday is gonna get. But what he does have is tremendous people skills. Yes, he's very humble and he's great at. He's, he has he, he has humor. He's funny. Yeah. He, he can make fun of himself. Yeah, and he, yeah. Builds, he builds the his, his players yeah. up, and he gives them that confidence. Like one of the first things he said about Tua when he when he went there is like Tua is like one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen. And Most like, accurate quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah, I remember, most like, accurate quarterback. Yeah, right. Yeah, but that's the kind of stuff. And Kyle doesn't really have either of those things going on for him, and I think that's why sometimes he might struggle a little bit. But what's so interesting about Kyle is that he seems to have the self awareness to know that he doesn't have this quality and that he needs it on his staff. And he's done a great job of hiring defensive coordinators who balance him out. I mean, that's another reason why I feel like Kyle's never going to change. I mean, he's in his, he's your age. How much yeah. have you changed in the last three years? Like, I'm sorry. How much have I, you are who you are at a certain point. And you, I think by your mid forties, I'm in my early mid thirties. You probably know exactly who the hell you are. Right. And at least he has the, the self-awareness to be like, that's who I need. Yeah. as my yin and yang he's really good at it yeah me and Shannon, same age most of my growth took place in my 20s 20s yeah, yeah. and so yeah. i am who i am at this point and Shannon yeah. is who he is yeah. yep uh antonio says mexico week studs elijah mitchell jennings and jimmy garoppolo it is Mexico week, but first it's Colorado Springs week. I got to go to Colorado Springs to watch the Niners practice. It's going to, there's a polar vortex. It's going to be like in the twenties. Why, why, if you want to prepare to play in Mexico city, why do you go to Colorado Springs? I'm thinking you might want to go to Mexico city to prepare to play in Mexico city. Some of the things the Niners do don't make any sense. It's that elevation me. thing, but it just seems like a lot of extra travel. You know, I don't yeah. to either go to Mexico city or stay in Santa Clara and yeah, I don't get it. A lot of extra travel. And D'Amico and company. It's another one of these things where you can't just fly into Colorado City. I got to fly in, get a car, drive in. That'll be fun. So, so I'll get to experience. To you're going to yeah. both Denver and Mexico City? Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It is. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. And the payoff is Colt McCoy. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's yeah. do the other side of D'Amico Ryan. D'Amico Ryan's number one defense in the league. Uh, hard to question him, but we're quality control and we're looking forward, not back. And it seems to me that at some point he's going to face another offense with some serious firepower, some serious weapons. He hasn't the last two weeks. The last two weeks he's faced offenses with no receivers. Um, and so he's looked great. But this Jimmy Ward at Nickelback thing seems to me like a disaster waiting to happen. He was getting, he was giving up big plays to wide receivers I've never heard of in this game. And when Deshaun Gibson came out of the game at the end, Ward didn't go to free safety. I don't get it. What do you make of this? Yeah, that was a good time. I mean, so I'm, uh, you know, even as a coach, I like to stay with the hot hand. And I actually think Gibson has been playing really well uh, all year long. So I had mixed feelings about popping Ward in there, even though I really ultimately think Ward is going to be a better safety than Gibson. And he's proven it over a long period of time. Uh, and I think that this was the perfect opportunity, even though I don't, I'm not favoring they just rip Gibson out, even though he hasn't earned a reason to be ripped out. Th that was the opportunity last night. When Gibson went out, that's when you throw Ward in there, and maybe that's when you can just keep him there, you know, let him do his thing. Mm -hmm. um, but instead they threw more in for Gibson, and they kept Jimmy at the nickel. 
Uh, it's just mind-boggling stuff. Like, I really believe that was the perfect opportunity to pop Ward back at the safety in his natural position uh, and give a guy like, I don't know, Womack or, or somebody um, the opportunity to play nickel. I think that's going to be a better overall defense for these guys. Uh, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And when I watched Jimmy, his interview after the game, uh, he was talking about quarterbacks, but he just seemed like he was – he just had a little chip. Like I know Jimmy's a little uh, like that, anyways, but he doesn't seem like he's extremely happy with his current situation. But he's a professional, and he's doing, you know, he's being a pro. I'm not happy with his current situation. I yeah. mean, he, they're playing him out of position, and I don't see how they can justify it because, frankly, Jimmy Ward is not a good nickelback. Sorry, Jimmy. No offense. It's not your position. And, I mean, they drafted him to play nickelback. He didn't play it in college. He showed early on in his career, back when he was 23, 24, more athletic than now, that he really didn't have a matchup skill set advantage over wide receivers. He didn't. Now, when you put him against tight ends, he erases them. The best tight ends in the league erases them. And he is an elite open field tackler. As the last line of defense, he's going to make that tackle. That's... That's a skill set. It's a defined skill set. It's a valuable skill set. It made him a top 100 player last year. And instead, now they're putting him at the line of scrimmage so he can be like, you know, an outside linebacker in the run game, in the run defense, and a and a man-to-man cover guy against wide receivers he can't cover. I'd rather, I think Womack would actually give the Niners a better nickelback than Jimmy Ward. And I think Jimmy Ward would give the Niners a better free safety than Tashawn Gibson. No offense to Tashawn Gibson. Thanks for holding it down. But I don't understand why the Niners feel like he needs to be out there. He's not... I'm sorry. He's not anything special. And that, that particular position when you're playing the nickelback, at least in coverage, you know, against the run and blitzing, he, he might be fine at that. But when it's when it's covering from an, in the nickelback, when you're covering the slot receiver, you have to cover the entire field, Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Jimmy Ward is what? How old is he now? Thirty-one. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like I so. you're, you're literally guarding like the quickest dude on the on the team, and you have 31. to cover all the entire field left and right. Yeah, uh, that's not his strength. That's not who no. he is. Womack is the guy. When I look at him, just from a skill set standpoint, who needs to be there, and Jimmy Ward needs to be in the back, keeping everything in front of him. Uh, I think him and Huff would do amazing together. Uh, so I really, really want to see that change, but it doesn't seem like that they're going to. I don't know. Well, maybe maybe D'Amico Ryan's is the kind of guy who wants to be, who wants to slow slow play things, and this is a an adjustment he could go to down the line. But I just I'm I'm afraid that if they don't get to this adjustment by the first week of the playoffs, this is going to bite them. Eventually, they're gonna some team is going to figure out that Jimmy Ward is a liability at nickel, and they're going to go after. It. They're going it's going to be Ward and Lenore. Oh, I mean, last night the Chargers did that to an extent with. I, who, Joshua Palmer and DeAndre Carter were making catches on Jimmy Ward and D'Amador. Lenore. Lenore had a pass interference penalty. Teams are going to look at that and be like, man, I got serious wide receivers. Let's try the same thing with really good wide receivers. And 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 then freaking uh, D'Amico is going to be like, oh, I should have made this adjustment a month ago. So we're just trying to – yeah, maybe, maybe you think we're complaining, but we're just trying to anticipate potential problems. And wouldn't you want Sam Womack to have some experience at the nickel spot before the postseason comes if he does end up making that change? I, I feel like now's the time to get him that experience. Absolutely. I mean, the Niners have been real stingy with their rookies this year. They got Spencer Burford in there. Frankly, he hasn't played particularly well, but I guess they feel like they don't have a choice. They got to play Spencer Burford. Well, um, 
I think they should be playing Womack. I think he probably would be the most effective. The most effective rookies, I think, on this team, if they got a chance, would be Womack and undrafted rookie free agent Jordan Mason. But there's some rule that they can't play, except special teams. They're on the, they're on the, the team to play special teams. Well, I think we're going to talk about it more later, but I, I think Kyle Shanahan has trust issues when it comes to his players. He has a hard time trusting players. Certain players, if you show, like, particularly rookies, obviously we see that one, right. but also if guys have a, have shown you have shown him any kind of uh, error or uh, what's the word uh, weakness, he, he really never gives them opportunity. It takes a long time for him to give them another opportunity to prove that they can do it. So I also look at it as he has sort of like a, uh, there's a team and then there's a click on the team, mm-hmm. and there's like the inner sanctum of the team. He he's in it, and you know the, the best most popular players are in it, and those guys pretty much are above reproach. They get their playing time no matter what they're doing in the game just because they've proven themselves and they are who they are, what they are in Kyle's mind. Everyone else has to prove themselves on a daily basis. And Kyle has very little patience until you get in that inner sanctum. And then you're made. You're made. It's like Goodfellas. You're made man at a certain yeah. point. And you, we all know who the made men are on the 49ers. Kyle's one. He has like a lifetime contract. Um, and we all know who they aren't. So I think that's kind of interesting, a little interesting dynamic with this team. Yeah. Yep, agreed. Antonio says, and D'Amico and company. And D'Amico and company. You were talking about, uh, oh, studs, Elijah Mitchell, Jennings, and Jimmy Garoppolo, Mexico Week. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, f- I feel you, Antonio. He's excited for this game this week. So am I. John Taylor says, at some point, IU can't keep getting praised for potential. His mistakes took points off the board. Kyle called a great game. Can I say something yeah. about that? Sure. So that fumble on Ayuk, like, I'm pretty sure – 90% of people would have fumbled that ball. He he was being spun around, and he just got spun right into a helmet. Right also, he had to, like, catch a ball that was way over his head over the middle. I mean, it wasn't a great throw. He caught several high throws yesterday. The only mistake that I'll give him yesterday was he dropped that touchdown uh, to Jimmy. And maybe it was a hair behind Ayuk, but he should have caught it. But if you look at Ayuk's entire uh, season, he's doing phenomenal. I mean, that – yeah, drops are not an issue for him. He's actually very no. sure-handed. He had a much better game than than Debo. Yeah, a season. He's had a better season. He's the best receiver on the team right now. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not here for the IU kid, man. Like you know, he's he's still great. I mean, he dropped one touchdown. That's that's all. But again, IU isn't in the, in the inner sanctum. He hasn't gotten his second contract yet, and so he's the one that gets analyzed and nitpicked. But Debo. Debo can do no wrong. Debo can go two catches on six targets for 24 yards, and people be like, oh, man, it's still Debo. Debo's great. He was. And so what have you done for me lately, League? What have you done for me lately? (laughs) Janet Jackson said it. (laughs) Right. And uh, who was it? Was it Janet Jackson? Was that Paul Abdul? It's Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. Uh, Yeah, I I had a a Paul Abdul flashback. Sorry. You had six receptions on 84 yards yesterday. Like he led the team in receptions, but we want to pick on him because he dropped that one touchdown. Yeah, it'd been a great if he dropped it. I don't blame that fumble on him at all. I mean, almost every receiver on that team is going to fumble that ball in that situation. He had one drop touchdown. Aside from that, he played a really great game, and he's had the best season of all the receivers on the team. So uh, you're not going to get any B.A. hate from me this year. That being said, catch the freaking ball, Brandon. Yeah. Catch the yeah, fr- right. Because it was a great route. You spoiled yeah. it. It was a like a, a it was a phenomenal route, and as well as Brandon Ayuk can play, he can take it to another level. He can be a little bit more consistent, um, yeah. but just in comparison to everyone else in the offense, he is there. 
He's, I mean, the best players on offense are him, Elijah Mitchell, and Jeff Wilson Jr., who's no longer on the team. Those are the ones who bring it most consistently. Yeah. So, frank, frankly, those are the ones. Matt, you know what I thought it was funny. I don't know, maybe it's better to talk about later, but I thought it was fu- I don't know. Are we covering Jimmy later? Just Jimmy? He said Kyle called a great game. I have to disagree with that. Um, uh, we're going to talk about the offense, and he can, we can talk, we can talk about Jimmy. You want to talk about Jimmy now? Sure. Yeah, I was just going to, because I, we were talking about Ayuk's drop. And so, uh, one thing I noticed with uh, this fan base that I find interesting is that uh, when Jimmy almost throws an interception, we're not allowed to talk about it, uh, <laughs> right? But then when Brandon Ayuk drops a touchdown, we got to talk about that, right? Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting, kind of conflicting um, that I noticed yeah. with this fan base. That's a that's a good point. Um, Matthew Sanders says, Ward at nickel chasing TDs like Debo chasing paper. Ooh, that was a bar, though. I liked it. A nice <laughs> simile. Hero Winchester says, can we give Hafanga his flowers? He's a pro bowler. He's always around the ball is a big reason why this defense is number one. He's not Troy Pippa damn near. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Troy, he's really, really good, and he's one of these young players who sets the standard of uh, effort and performance. It's funny. The young guy set the standard on this team, and he's one of them. He's yeah, been that way. He's great off the field, too, like in the, in the press conferences. I love that guy, man. Yeah, he, he sealed the, the, the game with an interception. He came up there. And he's like, I just want everyone to know that I gave up that touchdown. It was me. I got to play better. Yeah. It's like, yeah. all right, we weren't even going to say nothing, but okay, appreciate yeah. it. Antonio says, I don't think Mexico has a lot of places for practice. Some courts don't have good quality. Okay, fair enough. So Colorado Springs it is. All right, <laughs> let's go to the offense. And um, look, there's not a lot of good you can say about the offense right now. But instead of just torching it, indiscriminately let's be real clear about what the problem is I think it starts at right tackle I think it's a domino effect starting at right tackle I think Mike McGlinchey his play has really deteriorated and when he went from being a serviceable right tackle to a almost unplayable right tackle and here's what I want it's not the the pass game I mean we see the, the the when he gets run over and pushed back and push into Jimmy Garoppolo's lap, but it's the run game. This is a run first team. They want to have an identity. They want to run the ball, preferably from under center, preferably outside zone left and right, which means McGlinchey's at the point of attack a lot of the time. Well, you see what happens when they run right. There's just a bunch of guys in the backfield and the running back gets smacked and they go nowhere. So that's a big problem for Christian McCaffrey, who's a gadget player. And not a tr- not a real classic running back. When he's in the backfield, you want to get him outside the tackles, left or right, like Mostert or Debo. But you can't do that because you can't run right. Only can run left. Mm-hmm. And Deems know it. So that's a problem. That's why the Niners aren't running the ball so well from under center. So they do much better running the ball from the shotgun between the tackles. And frankly, that's not McCaffrey's game. That's Mitchell's game. That's Wilson's game. And you're taking, you know, uh, McGlinchey out of the point of attack. But... The Niners want to be the under center outside zone team, right? They want it. They want it. They did it with Mitchell and Debo last year. They want to do it with McCaffrey, and they can't with McGlinchey. Last year they had Tom Compton. Yeah. He was really good as a run blocker. He's not coming back. So until they find someone who's a better run blocker than Mike McGlinchey, this offense is not going to have an identity. It's a big problem. Yeah, I mean that. If you look statistically, I mean look look at all Jimmy's screen passes. They're all to the left. Yeah, they're the number one team in the uh, NFL for running off that left tackle. Yes. They do that more than anybody else, and it's because of McGlinchey. And he always seems to have a bad holding call yes. at, at the wrong time. 
uh, a missed a missed block at the wrong time uh, in the passing game and in the running game. He's definitely the weak point on this offensive line. Uh, and I'm hoping, you know, he seems like a great dude, but I'm really hoping the 49ers move on from him next year. And honestly, Jake Brindles hasn't been playing well. That's true. Uh, we need to point that out, too. It's not just McGlinchey. It's the fact that last year they had Alex Mack, Daniel Brunskill, and Tom Compton from the center to the right tackle. And yeah. they could run behind that. This year it's Jake Brendel, Spencer Burford, and Mike McGlinchey. And all three of them are struggling as run blockers. So, the, I mean, they have to run behind Aaron Banks and, and Trent Williams all the time, which, frankly, teams know it. And the only way you can keep them off balance is to get in the shotgun and run between the tackles, which is not what you brought Christian McCaffrey. You want to run with McCaffrey and Debo. Those are your best players. You're paying them hella money. But they're gadget guys who don't really run between the tackles as well as Mitchell. Yeah. And you can't run outside the tackles because of McGlinchey. It's a problem. It's a big problem. That's why I say if Tom Compton could be that big of an upgrade as a run blocker last year, let's see Jalen Moore. Let's see Colton McKivitz. Can't be worse. It can't be worse. And if they are, this team has a problem now. They always can just stay in the shotgun and let Mitchell do his thing. But then you traded for what is McCaffrey's role then? Eight checkdowns a game. Yeah. McGlinchey is ruining the, Mc- the McCaffrey offense. You, you know, what I thought it was funny was a uh, Shannon Sharp tapped in. Did you see that? About time. Yeah, About Shannon time. Sharp. Someone nationally says something. Yeah, Shannon Sharp's like sixty nine is awful or something like that. Can't can't block anybody holding on every play. So yeah, that was interesting to see somebody nationally tap in, especially someone like Shannon Sharp. Uh, yeah, I mean McGlinchey's a problem, man. They got to address it. Uh, we'll see what they do. But, you know, something I thought was interesting is uh, Elijah Mitchell, man, 4.9 yards per carry. McCaffrey only 2.7. So, you know. They're way different. They're way different. McCaffrey, you want to get him in space on the edges. That's Mm -hmm. not the Niners' run game right now. Their run game is between the tackles, and that's Mitchell's game. So it's also Jeff Wilson's game, who's so good. He's so good, and he's doing great for Miami right now. That was such an unnecessary trade. It's nice to bring in Christian McCaffrey, but Kyle, you can't use him the way you want to, the way you used Mostert, the way you used Debo last year, because Tom Compton isn't coming back. Sucks. (laughs) Yeah, who would have thought we'd be uh, missing Tom Compton right now? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. G-Code says, you said last night, Jay Wilson, monster game. CMC looked benched in the fourth quarter. Uh, uh, CMC is not built to pound the run. Elijah can't do it all. Bring back Jordan Mason. Yeah, again, like your your um, identity is to get a lead and then run the ball and be physical and, and put the game away. Man, that's not McCaffrey's game. Yeah. So you still need that change of pace running back. And it's Mitchell. But what happens if he gets hurt, which he's done every three games of his career? Like, wow, Wilson would have been nice to have around. Yeah. Well, you could have had all of them. Yeah, yeah, be like Joe, Jeff. Oh, you, you you know here's a million dollars. Are you are you happy? Here's a bonus, man. I mean, come on. I don't know if you're not allowed to do stuff like that, but you could you could take care of a guy. Yeah, just saying. And it's not like CMC's known for his health either, right? So now we got uh, Mitchell and McCaffrey, who are both known for for getting injured. Uh, and we got Wilson over there, and Wilson's been injured in the past too. But I think he would have been such a great insurance. I want to let him go. I'm like, hey man, I'm sorry, you're too good for us to let go. Uh, I, I said that for a long time. Like right now, would you trade a fifth-round pick for – if you're watching Jeff – Jeff Wilson's never on the 49ers. That was a great trade for Miami. That was a great right. trade. It, it was a great trade. If you're the 49ers right now and you're watching Jeff Wilson say he wasn't never on the Niners and you're watching him, you'd trade fifth-round for that guy, wouldn't you? Of course. I would, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I just know. think it's troubling that McCaffrey had such a tough time running the ball against the worst run defense in the league, statistically. Yeah. I mean, Elijah Mitchell didn't have a tough time. And I'm thinking if Jeff Wilson was here, he wouldn't have had a tough time running against the Chargers. But, I mean, they absolutely shut down McCaffrey. And if Mitchell wasn't healthy, if he needed one more week to come back, I think the Niners would have lost. Well, can I say, like, when that, with the CMC stuff, I, I really thought Kyle Shanahan's uh, run offense yesterday was super vanilla. And, like, he's using CMC like a power back. Yes! That's not like he's work. Terrell Davis or something. Hey, let's yeah. just run off tackle. Like what? It's not going to work. It's not going to work for CMC. He's a gadget there. player. The yeah. whole offense is built around two gadget players, McCaffrey yeah. and Debo. When frankly, their best player are are uh, a traditional running back in Mitchell, a traditional wide receiver in Ayuk, and a traditional tight end in George Kittle. But Kyle, he needs to be super creative. Watch yeah. how I use my gadget players. And everyone's like, oh my God, them on the, in the backfield at the same time. It's going to be so creative. Defenses, they're, they're just going to spontaneously combust. Thinking about, it's like, where's the creativity? It's not there. Yeah. It's, you, th- you know what you need to do, Kyle? Just get out of your own way and hand the ball to Elijah Mitchell, throw the ball to Brandon Ayuk. And that, that's what your offense is this year. Will he figure it out? I don't know. He figured it out in the fourth quarter. I'll give him that. He, and, and Juwan Jennings, he figured it out. Well, to give, to give Kyle one piece of credit is he did stick with Mitchell after seeing Hell yeah. Play, which I was impressed with. I did like that. Uh, but watch... Debo Samuel, whenever he's lined up in the backfield, watch it. Nine times out of ten, if he's on the left side, he's going to be running to the right. If he's on the right side, he's running to the left. Yep. Every single time he's in the backfield, watch. If you observe that moving forward, I promise you, I've been watching it all year, and I think defenses can figure that part out too. I was sitting next to Tom Rathman uh, in the press box last night. I'm not going to reveal what we talked about, but yep. I just – I was – Watching the game with Tom freaking Rathman. It was really cool. So we're standing up, watching the fourth quarter together. And I said, Tom, don't you think it's interesting that they're closing the game with Elijah Mitchell and not McCaffrey? And he goes, well, Mitchell's a lot more powerful. Like, why would you do anything else? Yeah. He wasn't surprised at all. And I was like, yeah, that's true. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Mitchell looked like a way better runner, especially between the tackles. McCaffrey, like you said, he's a gadget player. Uh, He's awesome. Nice player. Yeah. But don't yeah. try to use him like don't try to use him like you did Jeff Wilson or Mitchell because that's not who he is. They kept slamming. I mean, he did have the one. He had the one touchdown run, McCaffrey, which was basically because Ayuk had that great catch, got him down to the two. The Niners turned up to the line of scrimmage and sort of snapped it before the Chargers were ready. But other than that, they kept slamming him into the line at the goal line, and he went nowhere. Stop yeah. that. That's Kyle trying to justify his trade. Stop trying to get him touchdowns so he's the offensive player of the week or whatever. Man, yeah. it's like. Just use your players how they need to be used best. He's not a goal linebacker, and you know it. I think I think Kyle Shanahan looked at this, the Chargers' defensive run stats and was like, I'm just going to run it down their freaking throats all game yeah. long. And there was no like, oh, I got to be creative with how I use Christian McCaffrey. It's I'm going to run it up your yeah. ass all game yeah. long, excuse me. But that, yeah. I feel like that's what it was with Kyle. Yeah, Agree. Antonio says, of course he's excited. Niners coming to town. Me too. Me too. Bunless Hot Dog says, you guys notice Jimmy is way better in shotgun. The whole offense is way better in shotgun this year. And it's partially because when they're under center, they're trying to run to the edges, and they can't this year. They can only run to the left. And if you if the defense knows that, then you really it's hard to run to the left too. All the Niners have been able to do it a little bit. This is what happened to the Harbaugh team. They were really freaking good, and then that fourth year, Anthony Davis went down, and they went from Anthony Davis, who was a really good run blocker, to Jonathan Martin, mm-hmm. who's soft. Yep. All of a sudden, you can't run right. Well, now it's hard to run left, and everyone knows what you're trying to do, and they went 8-8. Eight eight. 
right tackle matters. Hey, Grant, we sh I mean, if you're trying to be a run team, you got to be able to run to both sides. Otherwise, you're not going to be a great running team. Hey, Grant, we shouldn't refer Tyshawn as Debo. We, we shouldn't refer Tyshawn as Debo until we see him again. He wants to call him Tyshawn. Her name is... <laughs> that is his given name. Matthew Sanders says Zoolander voice. He's, he's not an ambi-turner. <laughs> That's true. I did it. I turned left. Josh Wyatt says, when the Niners get a holding penalty, it kills the drive. When your offense is built on 12-play drives and one of three guys are getting beat on every play, how can you expect this O to be consistent? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's I true. Think, I think Brindle had two. I think one of them was, uh, you know, refused. But, uh, yeah, Brindle, Brindle and McGlinchey yesterday weren't great on the line. So they got to do better. G-Code says, is this OBJ rumors a desperate move? CMC not enough. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good way to put it. It seems like you have a lot of people, a lot of mouths to feed, and you're not you're struggling, as is. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I think the Niners' their attitude with McCaffrey was they got him as much to get him as to keep him away from the Rams, as though the Rams are a contender or something. And I think the same thing is going on with Odell Beckham. I think the Niners and other teams feel like if we don't make a play. You know, some team we might face in the playoffs will. It's like, okay, he's coming off his second ACL. Like, yeah, okay. if, I'm, if I'm OBJ, I don't really want to play for the Niners, to be honest, because, I mean, just look at the passing game. I mean, unless he, unless, unless OBJ really believes the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl, which I don't know if he really believes that, I'm not trying to come to the Niners and play with this passing game. I mean, they really only pass on third down, uh, and they're these short passes that he's probably not going to get. He's probably going to be the fourth or fifth target. I don't know. I, I'll take LBJ as, as a fan of the 49ers, but does LBJ want to play for the Niners? I don't know. What about LBJ? He's dead. <laughs> Shreddy <laughs> Murphy's he's, he's dead. Still winning if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams played? I don't know. I I, I don't know. But I got to say, I thought uh, um, Herbert was really impressive. He's re his arm is really good. He's very yeah. accurate. Yeah. And I, he had that one throw to 88, whatever that, Trey McKitty. That was just freaking on the money. That McKitty alligator arm. It would have been a walk-in touchdown. Um, not saying the Chargers should have won, but I thought Herbert played better than his numbers suggested. He had nothing to work with in that game. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be almost like Debo and I were out of the game. And, yeah. And now you got Jawan. And Kittle. Yeah. And Kittle. And Kittle, yeah. And Kittle. Yeah, and Jawan yeah. played good, by the way, yesterday. I thought he played really good. It was nice to see. Yeah. All right. I have a hypothetical question. Mm-hmm. What if Mike McDaniel were the 49ers head coach? I saw a lot of tweets yesterday being like, man, if Andy Reid were the Niners coach, the Niners would be putting up 50 consistently. Maybe, but that's never going to happen. Andy Reid with the Chargers, I mean, excuse me, the Chiefs, ha. Uh, Mike McDaniel, though, was in this building for five years. The Niners, Jed York, could have went to his office, could have talked to him, could have found out a little bit about him, but now he's gone. And he's in Miami, and that offense is freaking good. They put up 39 points yesterday. They're, what do they have, seven wins? So they're a very good team. They're not playing down to their opponents. They're blowing teams out. They're uh, way over 500 with Tua. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a, a couple cast-offs in the backfield that Kyle Shanahan, they were beneath this, this 49ers team. If Mike, in a, in a bizarro world where Kyle Shanahan got fired for losing the NFC Championship game last year, and the Niners had the foresight to promote Mike McDaniel to head coach, how many wins would this team have? I mean, how many points per game would this offense be scoring? I need exact figures. Okay, I'll give you the exact figures. 
the uh, the they're tri- right now the uh, Miami Dolphins have thirty touchdowns uh, offensively, right? And we have what is it, twenty one? Okay. So, so it's uh, I actually posted it this morning. So good good question to ask me. Uh, yeah. So the the Dolphins average two point nine touchdowns per game. 49ers average two point three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I mean, here's the thing, though. McDaniels is smart enough to go in and get speed. Mm-hmm. The only speed that, that, that Kyle Shannon brought in was Danny Gray, who doesn't see the field. And now McCaffrey, who who can't get to the edge because of McClinchy. Yeah. So, I mean, I McDaniels, to me, he was the creativity behind this offense. I really, really believe that. I mean, even, even Collinsworth last night, he said, you don't see any more emotions on the pre-snap uh, by any team in the NFL except for Miami. The jet motion. You see it in Miami a lot. Yeah, with, the, with the Niners, you see Debo Samuel running in circles. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's running. He's going to run a, uh, a swing pattern. Like, what yeah. about all the quick jet motion stuff that they used to do? I guess that was Mike McDaniel's thing. They do it in Miami. You know, and, and we're picking on Debo a lot this year, and, and, you know, some of it's probably justified. But I can't help but imagine how Debo would look if he was on Miami or McDaniels was the coach of the 49ers. Uh, I think he would find a way to make Debo uh, shine, play to his strengths more than Kyle Shanahan has been able to this year. I mean, last year was his best year. And who who was in charge of the, the run game last year? It was McDaniels. I think one of the things that stands out about the Dolphins this year and the Niners in the past when McDaniel was here was the attention to detail on offense. Just the little, all the little things that they would do to set up blocking angles that maybe other teams don't do. I mean, McDaniel has a way of making the rest of the league look pretty vanilla. And he's doing it to the Niners. Like he leaves and all of a sudden the Niners look vanilla on offense. And I think that attention to detail is what is missing. And so I think when you when you really think through this hypothetical, what if they just ditched Kyle last year and promoted his subordinate? They'd be better off most likely. And I think that kind of illustrates how Kyle is the problem. If there's a problem, this team might win the Super Bowl. I don't know. But if they don't, it's because of Kyle, straight up. And Jed at some point needs to realize that this team is underperforming and it's Kyle's fault. And unless he can fix that, you're letting really good head coaches leave. Like two years ago with Sala, I think he'd be have a winning record with this team right now. Last year, it's this year it's McDaniels, uh, McDaniel. Next year, it could be D'Amico, who looks like he's going to be a successful head coach too. So at a certain point, Jed... Jed, we're talking to you, bud. I, it must be demoralizing to see Miami put up 30-plus points pretty much weekly while the Niners, you're paying all this money for weapons on offense, and the Niners are, like, eking out 22 points. I don't know. There's a couple There's a couple things I'm seeing here that, with what's going on, what, what could be possibly going on. One, Kyle's been here. This is his sixth year. Um, eventually, your voice starts getting old to players, right? Especially the guys that have been here, like, yeah, like you start tuning it out, right? That's one thing. And some new life would maybe spark things up here a little bit. The other thing, which I think is the big problem here with uh, Kyle Shanahan, is he doesn't trust his players, whereas McDaniel trusts his players. Not only does he trust them, he tells them he trusts them, tells them they're better than they are. He tells them he believes in them before they believe in themselves, whereas Kyle Shanahan is, to me, the reason why there's no – we're not scoring points – the reason why Jimmy's interceptions are down, which is a good thing, uh, he's trending the same touchdown passes, but fewer interceptions. He's trending eight versus 12 and 22 touchdowns versus 22 last year. But the reason why I believe that we're not able to score is because 
Kyle Shannon doesn't believe it and trust Jimmy. So he's calling these short outside things for Jimmy. Yes, we have a few targets downfield more than normal. I get that. But those are actually low inter- low interception type passes. If you're throwing deep and outside, that's that's more safe than you are throwing these inside. And that's part of why I think Debo is struggling because Debo was really good at these slants. Take it and go. They're not really calling those as much this, this year as they are these outside line of scrimmage screens. And I think this all, same reason he doesn't play as rookies. It, Kyle Shanahan does not trust anyone but himself um, when calling these games. Well, if and that's an interesting point to bring up, trust. If the leader and head coach of the team can't trust his players, how can they trust him? I feel like to be an effective head coach, you your players have to trust you. And that's what Jeff Saturday had yesterday. Like Jeff Saturday's team, scored more points than Kyle's team. You can't say that Jeff Saturday went, went against the worst defense. It's the Chargers and the Ra- Raiders. Jeff Saturday's team with old-ass Matt Ryan coming off the bench and Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor scored yeah. 25. While Kyle, in his sixth year, with the most dangerous team in the league and the, all the greatest weapons, 22. That, that's not great. And it, you still, this team is looking like... Mm, I don't know what we want to do. I don't know what we're trying to accomplish. I mean, at least on offense. Everyone has great things to say about D'Amico. He's playing not to lose. That's how that's how and that's why he plays down to his, to his opponents. He's just trying to do enough offensively to squeeze out a W every single week. And, and he's not playing like let's go whoop these dudes' asses. Let's go put up 40 points on these guys, right? He's never that's not his mentality. It's like, let's not make any mistakes. Let's make sure Jimmy doesn't make a mistake. Let like that is the problem with this team right now. That's why they're not scoring. He, he, you know, most of the time he's only calling passes on third down when he has to. Uh, it's obvious to me now after processing everything, what is wrong with this offense? And it's just Kyle Shannon doesn't trust. Uh, he doesn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to make these plays. So he's being as conservative as possible, relying on the defense in the run game. And it's just old. I think it's bigger than that, though. I agree with everything you said. I think it's so much bigger, and I think it's systemic. I think the Niners just flat out believe their own hype. They love the hype that they get. Every time they come out flat, it's right after they got hyped up. So, like, all offseason, people said they were going to be great. They lose to the, uh, the Bears. Next week, come back, take care of the Seahawks. People say, oh, Niners are back, Jimmy Garoppolo, Niners football. That's a Super Bowl team. What do they do the next week? Lose to Denver. They love, they believe their own hype. And it's crazy is this is a team in 2019 that had a chip on his shoulder. Everyone was doubting them. Remember Ryan Clark, they're pretenders. They're going to lose to Mason Rudolph. And the Niners, they, that fueled them. And they went 8-0. They went to the Super Bowl. And they all got paid off of that. Uh, Kyle got an extension. Armstead, Kittle, Debo, uh, Warner. All those guys got paid for life, set for life off of that run which was fueled off of everyone doubting them nationally. Mm-hmm. But they didn't win the Super Bowl. They lost. They still say that they were the best team that year. They believe that they should have won that game and they got screwed because of the Bosa call on third and 15. They celebrated with Lil Wayne after the loss and continue to say that they were the best team. They've done everything they can to keep that team together, which basically says they feel they're the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. They don't have to prove it. They just are. They are the best team in the league. And anytime they win one game and the national media says, oh, scariest team in the league, they're like, thank you. Thank you for giving us the recognition we're so thirsty for because we feel we should get that recognition without actually having to win a Super Bowl. Because that's fluky. 
I mean, you know, things can happen, but we're essentially Super Bowl champions. And that's how we're going to act. So that's why they're five and four. It's like it doesn't matter if we start off slow. It doesn't matter if we give away a game or we, or we don't take the Chargers seriously. We essentially are great. And we'll turn it on down the line. And to me, what's crazy about that is that is the culture that is set by the head coach and the veterans. Kyle, uh, uh, Trent Williams, Kittle, Armstead, Warner, all the guys who have gotten paid, those are the ones you wonder, like, what's their effort going to be like this week when f- it's the, the consistently the guys who bring it every week for years are the guys who haven't gotten paid yet. The guys who aren't in the inner sanctum of, of the, the holy inner trinity of this team. Uh, yeah. Elijah Mitchell, Talanoa Hafunga, Nick Bosa. Um, it got, the list goes on and on. Jeff Wilson Jr. before he left. The guys who are fighting to get really basically set for life and become made men in the Niners team. Um, I think they have a weird culture that Jed created. You rewarded Kyle for losing the Super Bowl. Yeah. You did. And you created this culture of no accountability. Kyle has a lifetime contract, essentially a lifetime deal here, as long as he wants it. And anyone else that's gotten that extension feels like they're, they can do anything. Debo Samuel can do whatever, and he's going to get seven targets. Meanwhile, uh, Jawan Jennings might just not get... Uh, targeted at all until your backs are against the wall in the fourth quarter because who is he and what has he proven he hasn't gotten paid yet I think that's a big I think this Niner team believes its own hype and I think that's a big problem those are the they're they're basically going to tell us like it doesn't matter we could go because they're going to skate into the playoffs easy easy record I mean easy schedule easy division then they're going to turn it on and be a dominant team that kind of feels like the team that's going to lose in the first round of the playoffs at home to some freaking wild card team that has no business beating the Niners, but it could be Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, it could be Tom Brady. I, I, the Niners need to flip the switch freaking now. I'm sorry. I just talked for like five minutes. Go ahead. No, it's great, man. You got it out. I think, you know, the Niners are the, the Niners are what Jimmy and Kyle Shanahan is, which is a B-plus team. They think they're an A-plus team, but they're a B-plus team, and they haven't proven to be an A-plus team yet. And I think you just kind of summed it up perfectly, right? They need to... They need to show that they can score points on a consistent basis with some of the top teams in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy are never going to get a better roster than this. I really don't believe that they're going to come back next year. I mean, Jimmy probably, who knows if he'll be the quarterback next year. I don't think so. But if, even if he does, Jimmy and Kyle are never going to have a better opportunity, more weapons than they have right now this season. So if they're not going to be able to put it together and be a high-power scoring offense, are they really ever going to be able to? Also, let's come back to Debo. I feel like Debo is a great microcosm of the Niners' culture, which I think is a little messed up. Look at the difference between Debo last year and this year. Debo, who hadn't gotten the extension yet. Uh, Debo, who hadn't gotten the seal of approval from Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Uh, He brought it every week. He was the standard of excellence on this team. At 25 years old, he, we talk about a standard for a team. It doesn't, not playing down to opponents. That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Debo set the standard at 25 on a rookie deal, second round pick. It's pretty heady stuff. Niners give him this extension, all of a sudden, bad off season, not having a great year, really not setting the standard. Still a great athlete, but certainly not setting setting the standard. And I'm not blaming Debo. This is something that this is a culture that Jed created by giving Kyle carte blanche after a Super Bowl loss and letting them perpetuate this myth that they're somehow the best team in the league. Without they don't have to prove it. 
All they have to do is win one game and listen to a bunch of national pundits like Colin Cowherd say they're the scariest team in the league and the Niners are like, boom, that, that proves it right there because that guy said it. And he's yeah. nat- he works for NFL Network, so it must be true. Well, I mean, they're, they're under they're underplaying, right? Everyone predicted before the game. I mean, most people predicted before the season is going to be a Bills 49ers Super Bowl. I think most people I talked to said that. Uh, most people, most of the fan base believes that the 49ers would probably have been lost maybe one or two games at this point in the season. Uh, last night before the game, everyone predicted the 49ers were going to win, and they said that it's not even Win big. big. Two touchdowns. Yes. Didn't I, happen. I, I had a contest on my Twitter to give away a Christian McCaffrey jersey. Everyone predicted like a 10-point blowout. That the Niners didn't happen in the 30s. So everyone is saying that the 49ers should be scoring more than they are, should be playing better than they are, but they're not. So they're under playing. They're not playing. Let's go through the whole season. They go to Carolina, just destroy Carolina, who was, you know, teetering on the brink of disaster. Anyway, they fire the head coach the next day. The Niners go to West Virginia and they're like celebrating like the season's over. And everyone's saying the Niners are are great. Uh, You know, Cowherd, all these guys watch out for the Niners. No one picks them to lose to the Falcons. Then they come out flat, lose to the Falcons. But then they switch the narrative. They trade for Christian McCaffrey. Once again, even though they just lost to the freaking Falcons, people were like, oh my God, watch out for the Niners. Most dangerous team in the league. What do they do? Lose by 21 to the Chiefs. Every time the national media hypes up the Niners, the Niners believe it and fall flat. So what's interesting was last year, they were three and five and they had to run a gauntlet. On the road, every week I was flying to the Midwest, Cincinnati, over and over and over again, in the cold, must-win games, and it required urgency. And it brought out the best in them. And it propelled them the NFC Championship game. This year, when is the urgency going to happen? Next week against the uh, Colt McCoy, maybe? Uh, they have a really easy road to the playoffs, a weak division, a weak schedule. I, 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 I'm afraid this team is just going to coast to the playoffs and then tell themselves here we go this is where we flip the switch and get shocked at home by some freaking team the giants you know what i mean that uh doesn't have any hype from the the national media no hype yeah i mean i shoot man i you know i'm glad we got the w last night and uh, i think the 49ers are going to win some games they're going to go on a little bit of run but it's it's like you said the thing to me is if you're not blowing out these teams that you should be then how are you going to compete with these really good teams when you see them in the playoffs? And that's my concern. I, you know, I think this is year six for Kyle Shanahan. He's still under 500 as a coach. For me, what I need to see is this is probably the best team you're going to have. Uh, this is the best roster you're going to have. This is the easiest schedule you're going to have. This is the season where I want to see him make things happen um, in the postseason. And I think in order to do that, you have to start blowing out some of these teams right now to show that you got what it takes to compete with the better teams once the postseason comes. Yeah, and I want to talk to Jed here. The reason the Niners play down to their opponents is because you have created a culture of, you know, complacency in in the organization. You just want to contend. You want the national media to say you're good. You want hype. And what you have right now is a team that's underperforming, a team that would be better off if Mike McDaniel were the head coach or Robert Sala. And now you got D'Amico Ryan's the third of the trio, who's probably going to leave next year. If you acknowledge that the team would be better off with either one of those other two guys who left already, and that Kyle's the reason the team is underperforming, if they lose in the first round of the playoffs because of the stuff we're talking about right now, Jed, you got to acknowledge that there is something broken with this culture, and you got to fix it. And I think the fix is 
changing the head coach, maybe making D'Amico Ryan's the guy. I'm not saying do it yet. Obviously, this team could go to the playoffs, win the Super Bowl, in which case, give them the lifetime contract. I don't care. But they haven't done that yet. And they haven't really acted like a team that's going to do it. So, Jed, I hope you're watching very carefully. Just because the talking heads on ESPN and NFL Network like your team today doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, something that I, you know, I, I think fans need to understand is because, you know, I'm seeing some comments in here, too, is... I, I do a SWOT analysis on myself four times a year. And this my whole mentality every day is how can I improve, right? Even when I do good, I, I look at my numbers, like in my business, for example. Uh, if I have a good week, a good quarter, good month, whatever, I'm like, okay, I did a great job. How can I do better? And that's where I, I look at the 49ers I'm in the same manner. It's not like, yes, I'm happy we got the W, but they, they are not still not playing up to their potential. And I think that's what the issue is. And Jed, you need to create a culture where people need to prove themselves. Kyle Shanahan did his best work in 2019 when he needed to prove himself. It was his third year. It was time to prove something. He hadn't gotten an extension. He did. And then all of a sudden, you took away all human incentive. And I feel like Jed doesn't understand human incentive because of who he is and where he came from. Yeah, He doesn't get it. He wants to crown people because he was crowned. It doesn't help. It hasn't helped Jed. It hasn't helped Kyle. You want to build in incentives for people to work hard, Jed. So I wonder if Kyle actually, if they do get rid of Kyle and he goes to another organization with a better structure, if he could have more success, even though he's not going to change who he is. Um, maybe another owner would actually stand up to Kyle and be like, I'm not going to say yes 100% of the time to you. I actually know what I'm doing and we can work together. Where Jed's like, hey man, thank you so much for saving my reputation. It was looking real bad there after Tom Sula and Chip Kelly. Just do, just just keep getting the people on ESPN and NFL Network to say you're a genius because it makes me look good. Yeah. And then I, and to be clear, I don't think, uh, in my opinion, I don't think Kyle Shanahan is going anywhere until after, if he doesn't do good this season, they're going to give him the whole, oh, I didn't have Trey Lance year next year. Whether I agree with that or not, that's what they're going to say. So they're going to give him another year. I don't see Kyle going anywhere until if he does bad this year with this roster, they're going to give him one more year with Trey Lance to see what he can do. And then if he doesn't do good that year, they're going to get rid of him at that point. But he's not going anywhere. I don't see anyone in the organization that's desperate to win a Super Bowl. Jed York, he already feels like he's a champion. He's got a full stadium. He's got a new stadium. Um, and he gets talked about a lot. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is a genius, no matter, even if he has a losing record. I mean, his his reputation is completely independent of whether or not he has a Super Bowl, at least so far. Um, so it seems like the Niners live in this world where what they, they won the Super Bowl already. They won it in 2019. They f actually beat the Chiefs. And they're Super Bowl champions. And they don't really understand why people nitpick them so much and question them because they're great. And it's like uh, Pl Plato. Plato would have the theory that, pe that things had like intrinsic states. The platonic ideal of something. That somehow they're just platonically... A great team and they don't necessarily have to prove it one win against the rams shows it no man you got to prove that every freaking day and the best teams the, the teams that win the super bowl the teams that have that mentality every day every week you got to prove it again and they and you feel like the teams aren't the league isn't taking you seriously that's not the niners the niners are living the living basking in the good old days hey remember Remember when we won the Super Bowl in 2019? People think we lost, technically, but we actually remember that. That was great. Or last year when we actually beat the Rams in the NFC Championship game. Sure, Jaquaski Tart dropped that pick, but if he had, if he had 
caught that, we would have won. So basically, we've won two Super Bowls. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's the culture in Santa Clara. I can't stand it. I can't yeah. stand it. Agreed. And it's Jed's fault. I can see it's Jed's that. fault. This starts at the top always. So uh-huh. Jed's he tried top. to he tried to be Eddie with with Harbaugh. I have high standards. And he ran Harbaugh out of town. I was purely on ego, just to prove that he was the reason the Niners were good, not Harbaugh. Well, that didn't work out. And now he's just he just clings to Shanahan for, for credibility. He doesn't want to prove that he knows anything anymore. That was 10 years ago when he was competing with, with, with Harbaugh. He's not competing with Kyle. He's thanking Kyle for giving him credibility when they should be saying, you know what, Kyle, thank you so much for turning things around and getting the organization back on its feet. But we're about Super Bowls here with the 49ers. And if we feel you can't get that done, you're, you're, un, you're under review every year. I just don't feel like he is. And if Kyle isn't under review then the players on the team that make more than Kyle aren't under review. And those are all the veteran captains. So that creates the culture right there. Yeah, I mean, you even see it with the fan base. People get mad at me for, for talking about how we can improve. You know, even after we, they just beat the Chargers. I Best team in the league! Right. <laughs> Who cares if they're 5-4? and four? Doesn't matter because they, they, they proved stuff in the past, yeah. even though they didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, beating the Chargers is great. Beating the Rams is great. It's fantastic. But that doesn't mean they can't improve. And that doesn't mean I'm satisfied with that. I want to see us doing the 49ers doing better than they, than they have. I want to see the Niners play up to have to have a standard. It's not about beating the Chargers. It's like if you're a sprinter, you're not racing against the other sprinters. You're racing against yourself. What's yeah. your best time? Can you beat that? It's yeah. not like, oh, I beat that guy. Like, you don't know that guy. You're not measuring yourself against that guy. I ran for one year in, in high school. I was decent. You're not measuring yourself against that guy. You're measuring yourself against yourself. If you're good. Yeah. Jerry Rice, what Jerry Rice did. So, um, Niners, if you're a Super Bowl team, you're not saying, we beat the, we did what it took to beat the Chargers by six points at home. Like, no, 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 no. 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 Eventually, you're going to start establishing a standard. And I feel like with this team, the, the players that do it in 2019, they did it because so many guys hadn't gotten paid yet, including Kyle. So yeah. many guys. Now, so many of those guys are all like, you know, they're going to get paid one way or another. Debo, Warren. I'm not saying that they aren't great players anymore, but it's a whole different culture now on this team. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. F.U. Jobu says, Jimmy looks to be playing with more confidence and swag. He is still Jimmy, but it looks like he's playing looser with Kyle hanging on his back. Well, he's got great weapons. I mean, I like it's not quite Kurt Warner in the uh, you know twenty years ago, but I, I, there's no bad option anywhere he wants to throw is a good option for Jimmy Garoppolo as opposed to Justin Herbert last night where he's like, Eckler, where are you? He's got one weakness, which is his right tackle. Outside of that, he's got the best opportunity to do well. And yeah, I mean, I think Jimmy has played the last good, good last couple of weeks, uh, but I'd like to see Kyle Shannon open it up a little bit more for him and. and and give him those opportunities. He has played well within his skill set. The thing that I've been most encouraged is the uh, the stuff that he's done to like extend his skill set. The little sideline throws and the one where he uh, scrambled out to his right and hit Ray Ray. Like, oh, you're extending yeah. a play? Wow. Yeah. So that that's that is encouraging. I'll give him that. I'll give him yeah. that. Kira Bell says, I just don't understand how the pass protection off PA is way worse than when they normally drop back. Or is it just me? Off play action. Yeah, they didn't They're even whole- try to block uh, homeboy yesterday. I forget his name. Yeah, that was Cleo the, Mack. Uh, Cleo Mack. 
Yeah, it was a naked yeah. bootleg. Yeah. That's probably not Jimmy's strength. You know, I think Trey Lance might have been able to run out of that a little bit more. But yeah. I don't think you should do naked bootlegs for Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're going to boot him, maybe have like a, a blocker peel back across the formation mm-hmm. and have like a, someone, some protection. Not the yeah. greatest call. Yeah. Also, don't boot at Cleo Mack. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, go the other way. You're going you're gonna to fool Cleo Mack? You could fool Nick Bosa. Mm, I don't know. Matthew Sanders says, uh, field goals from the five is shorthand for I don't trust you. Yeah, man. Like, you you bring it down. You, the offense goes all the way down to the two-yard line on the first drive, and you kick a field goal. That's saying you don't trust anyone on your team. Like, you should be able to score from the two. But even if you don't, you have the Chargers at the two-yard line. You should trust your – that's a great spot. You could score on defense from that spot. Teams have scored against the Niners twice that way this year. Like – have some confidence in your offense and your defense. Don't kick a field goal. It sets the tone for the whole game. Hey, we're going to be kicking field goals today. This one's going down to the wire. Don't do that. Yeah, that bugged me, especially this, the first one. It was uh, fourth and two. Uh, just just go for it. And, the, and the, what's great about that is if you go for it on fourth and two on the two-yard line, fourth and goal from the two-yard line, if you go for it and you don't get it, the, their team has to start on the two. And now they're in a bad spot. So you're probably going to – I mean, you might even get a safety, but at least you're going to stop them and you're going to start off with better field position again. Uh, I would have definitely – I tweeted it out yesterday, like, go for this one, Kyle. And, of course, he didn't, but I would have. <laughs> F.U. Jobu says if – I mean, again, your team is better than their team. Yeah. Show them. Show them! Yeah. You just, you just drove the whole field. Reward your players. Again – a, I have confidence in you. You guys just did a good drive. Finish yeah. it off. And if you don't, well, that's okay because I have confidence in my defense. Right. Instead, kick the field goal. Uh, if Jed Firestand after last season, we would have two wins with Josh McDaniels as our head coach. <gasps> Josh McDaniels is so bad. He's so bad. They might have to fire him like now. And it'd be interesting. Everyone, I mean, we were talking a few weeks ago about Jim Harbaugh coming back to the Niners. There's no opportunity here. He's never going to, first of all, Kyle Shanahan is going to be a coach here for life, I think. And Jed and Harbaugh, even though they try to kind of kiss and make up by, no. They, Harbaugh's no. not going back to Jed York. No. no. What he could do is go coach the Raiders. I think oh, no. that would be interesting. He, he coached on that team as a quarterback coach for the Raiders. Uh, he would be such an upgrade over Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Good so that's what I would do if I were that. I like that. Yeah, I he, anywhere. I mean, really, anywhere he'd be. Uh, he'd be Wasn't he in under consideration for the Vikings job last year? I think he was. He was. So yeah. I, he might be interested if they break him off, show yeah. him what show him what they've got, because he don't want no one minute team. He just doesn't yeah. at this point in his career. I think honestly, I just you know he's doing he's making good money where he's at Michigan. He has complete control. So you're gonna have to uh, an owner's gonna have to come in like. It's your freaking show, Harbaugh. You do it. Here's the, you know, here's the keys. Do whatever you want, type thing. And I don't know who's going to do that. Mark Davis, do that. Because whatever you're going to do that isn't that isn't as good as that. Right. Yeah. Hey, make make Jed look dumb. Go get Harbaugh and be like, yeah, got your boy. Got him. G Code says Talanoa Funga tied Tart in his SF career with interceptions. Hey, that just shows you how good Talanoa Funga has been. Because frankly, Tart. His legacy should be with the with the Niners should be that he was a good player for a long time for the 49ers. Unfortunately, his legacy won't be that. We know what it'll be. But his legacy should be he was a good player. Solid. Tart looks, uh, excuse me, Funga looks like he's a playmaker. It's mm-hmm. nice. 
Hamilton, Michael Hamilton says, didn't Debo say he didn't want to be here? Yeah, he requested a trade. He did. <laughs> yeah. He literally did. Good call. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaguayo56 says, Grant, you are quality control, fire Shannon, and hire who? There's a lot of people you could interview. D'Amico is a very interesting candidate. It seems like Kyle Shanahan does a very good job of developing coaches. He does. D'Amico's one. He already has the trust and respect of the players on this team. So he'd have to be a high, uh, really. Me personally, I, I really want to see more young coaches in the NFL. I'm tired of these old names. It's kind of like politics almost. I'm tired of these old-ass politicians running the country. I want, I want to see some young guys in here, some new fresh blood, new ideas. Same thing with the NFL. I want to see some young players that maybe you don't even know about right now as a coaching candidate come in and, and, and take over some teams. Maybe not the Niners, but somebody. I like I, I like uh, young head coaches. They don't necessarily have to be – as long as they're leaders, I like that. But what they need is great assistant coaching staffs. Yeah. So I, I like experience at quarterback coach. You know, So it depends on what you can – one thing that was effective with Sean McVay early on in his career is he had Wade Phillips. He had some connections. Kyle had some connections. Bobby Turner. So um, that's part of it. Like Ken Dorsey. Interesting. Who are your connections? Same with Tomiko. They probably have. I just, that's part of the interview process. Mm-hmm. Flave says, remember when people thought we should just release... Dude, do you ever talk about anything but Jimmy? No. It's okay. Flave says, remember when people thought we should just release Jimmy for nothing? Instead, we got a top 10 quarterback statistically in the league right now. Grant's crush on Jimmy now growing by the week now. Let's go. What about yours? <laughs> it's stronger than ever, for sure. Um, yeah. Look, it's a great it's great for Jimmy because I think it sucked that Jimmy had to take a a pay cut. That's that's a big come down for any person in life. Yeah. And it looks like if he keeps this going, he just might get some money. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be from the Niners. Frankly, I don't think they should. I think the Niners resigning him or C- Seattle resigning Gino would be emotional. But I wish him all the best. I wish Gino all the best. Both of their seasons are really good stories. And they just might be uh, playing each other in the playoffs or, you know, for a playoff spot. So good for you. Lave, do you think uh, Kyle Shanahan trusts Jimmy? I'm curious about what you think about that. Do you think Jimmy trusts Kyle? Yeah, I want to know. Ramon Clark says, Debo hasn't been Deboing like he Deboed last season before the money. That is the realest thing I've ever heard, Ramon. This offense is going to hold us back severely. We can't beat good teams straight up without any creativity. Go Niners, though. <laughs> that, was, that was a really good comment, man. Yeah, it seems like with all this talent, the Niners should just be able to line up and win. But Debo really is underperforming. Uh, McCaffrey is a awkward fit right now in the run game because of the right tackle. Josh Wyatt says Yorks are the problem. They have a joke of a stadium and facilities. Everything fake and on the cheap. The Niners are a premier brand that's run like a mid-market MLB team. 25 years of this garbage. That is really the unfortunate truth. And I think when you tell people like Niner fans who are in their 20s, they don't want to hear this. Because it's not going to get any better anytime soon. This is all they know. But this is the truth. When First of all, Levi sucks. It sucks. It's not, I mean, it's nice enough, but there's no home field advantage there. Candlestick was grimy. It was at sea level. And as the day went on, the water table, high tide would come in, the water table would rise, and all of a sudden, 
you couldn't run routes outside the numbers anymore. Like there's all these little tricks that the wind would swirl, like little tricks of playing at candlestick that the home team knew it was a legit home field advantage. Santa Clara is just a little too warm and they can't play there in September. And then they come back and it's kind of pleasant and they have nice grass and there's, it's just the most generic stadium in the league. Maybe that's what they're going for. I think I hope I live long enough to see them go back to San Francisco because I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Hopefully, I'll be alive. They really blew up Candlestick. Unreal. I mean, that place, the catch was there. It should be a museum. They turned the old Yankee Stadium into a museum. There's a lot. That was another cool thing about Candlestick was the history. If a game was tight at the end, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, like, is this another one of the, of the great games in Candlestick history? Like, we're, there's no history at Levi's. I like history. I'm a history buff. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. good stuff, Josh. Matt Sanders says, can Kyle Shanahan keep, stop deferring, come out and set the tone? When did everyone decide that you have to defer? When we were kids, I remember if the Niners won the toss, they were keeping that ball and they were going to go down the field and score a touchdown, and that's how they set the tone. Seven nothing, boom. Steve Young, Jerry Rice. It's because he trusts his defense more than he trusts his offense. He doesn't trust Jimmy, and that's been the problem all year. That's why they can't score points. That's why he defers. He's nervous. He wants to let the defense start it off. That's that's what's going on. Flave says Grant has a sparkle in his eye and blushes a little whenever he says Jimmy now. Ever since Jimmy Garoppolo gave him props, they've been in love. Happy for you, bro. Thanks. No, I like I like Jimmy, man. I do appreciate that he is like with Kyle and you ask him questions in press conferences, he's always so defensive. It's it's like it's tiring, you know? Yep. With Jimmy, he's never defensive, ever. And he knows all the stuff I've said about him, and he doesn't hold a grudge because he's above it. Although he probably does. I mean, I'm sure at some point if I run into him when we're like 50. He's going to be like, hey, Grant, remember that one time you said this about me? I'm be like, yeah, I'm sorry. But no, I, I mean, I think it's pretty much well documented that it's impossible not to like that man. Trey Lance, everyone likes Jimmy Garoppolo for, for good reason. He's, he's a, he seems, I don't know him, he seems genuinely down to earth. Yeah. He seems genuinely down to earth. And yeah. so it's, it's hard not to root for someone like that, especially it was hard to root for him when he got that contract that he didn't deserve. But now that he's gotten this huge come down, and he had to be the backup and take a pay cut. I easy to root for a guy like that. Yeah. Easy to root for that. So Yeah, but I think you're projecting the blessing. I think Flave, you gotta have a little self awareness here, man. I think you yeah. only write and talk about him. <laughs> yeah. It's an obsession, but I love you. Antonio says as a Niner fan, I'd rather the Niners lose in the playoffs so Kyle Shannon gets exposed as defraudulent coach that he is. Defraudulent. Yeah, well, um, Niner fans are wild for that. I hope the Niners lose in the playoffs. <laughs> That's wild. I feel yeah. you, though. I understand why, but damn, that is a pretty cynical way to root for a team. That's why I don't root for the team. F.U. Joe Boo says, my kids learned a bunch of new words that they aren't allowed to say when Greenlaw got that personal foul called and then ejected. Yeah, that was trash. Yeah, I mean. I understand the penalty, but not the ejection. That's over the top. Like, you know, I don't really think he was trying to take his head off. I mean, he. he he kind of fell into it. Yeah, I get the penalty, but kicking him out of the game. You know what's crazy is Greenlaw, despite being kicked out of the game, he still led the team in solo tackles. That's crazy. It, it felt like a college call, right? Like targeting. Yeah. I mean, like technically hit him helmet to helmet. It clearly was an intentional 15-yard penalty. Although when it happened, I said, oh, they're going to kick him out of the game. Mm -hmm. Because the NFL, it's not like about doing the right thing. It's about optics. 
So that's an opportunity for them to be like, see, we take concussions and head injuries seriously. Like, do you? Do you? Yeah. Really? But they so it's just an opportunity to make you look good. Yeah. And they let us at, play at, on the yeah. turf. So. Yeah, exactly, right? So, look, if the Niners feel that that was unwarranted, that call, hey, Kyle, you pay for that fine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Flave says, re Kyle, uh, re, Kyle absolutely doesn't trust him. Doesn't trust Trey either. Not sure how he expects his quarterback to step up on the biggest stage when he puts them in third and long in the fourth because he won't let him throw. Yeah, I think he plays. You're right, man. He didn't trust Trey. That's why he ran him. He doesn't trust Jimmy. That's why he calls the plays that he calls for Jimmy. And that's the biggest problem. He doesn't trust his rookies. There's a lack of trust from Kyle Shanahan. He has trust issues. Yes. That's not good. No. You have to be able to trust people. Does he even trust himself? I think it might be a control issue more than a trust. And it comes off as like, it, it, it's really not trust. It's that he wants to control everything, you know? Because he doesn't trust people. Right. Because Other than himself. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, good call, Flave. James Hennessy, new member. Thank you. Michael Carroll, I heart Jeff Wilson, but EM won that game, and I'm impressed. G Cone, who would you choose now? I want both of your opinions. I would like Mitchell and most and uh, Mostert. They could have had Mitchell Mostert and Wilson. They did have Mitchell Mostert and Wilson, and it would be cheaper than McCaffrey on his own. Amazing. That would Amazing. be a running team. You know, I like McCaffrey, man. Don't get me wrong, but I, I like I like Jeff Wilson. I like <laughs> you know. So yeah. Matthew Sanders says, uh, Flave going to goodbye horses, Jimmy Garoppolo making a skin suit. <laughs> a skin suit? Was that a Buffalo Bill reference? Oh, man. Yeah, that was. Yeah, Silence Thomas Tyler. Silence. That's such a good movie. Big Mike is struggling like Frank Gore in a spelling bee. Oh, my Oof. God. Oof. Oh Oof. My That's God. not nice. No. Um, yeah, that wasn't nice. That being said, Frank Gore messed up recently. Yeah. Uh... I think that's the whole show and nothing but the show. And I'm sticking to it. Thank you for watching, everyone. Please stop donating money and stuff because I hate when people give me one as the show ends because then I feel like I stole, which I did a little bit, but it's your fault. You really gave it to me. You threw the money at me and I told you not to. So don't. Thanks for watching. Ryan, great show. Uh, do you want to tell people what's up with you this week? Uh, yeah, just every 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 weekday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. I got guests on. We did a show this morning. Go check that one out. And then we'll be back every every morning, 8 a.m. live on my channel. Uh, please check it out. Definitely. See you guys later.